0: the thugs in Sepoy, and all of that black business, but the moment he fixed his eyes on me, for I admitted him, I'm ashamed to say, I was helpless, I trembled, I blushed, I, oh, Irene, Irene, I love the man beyond expression, and you know how it is yourself. Fancy I, an ugly duckling from Red Horse, daughter, they say. Of old Calamity Jim, certainly his heiress, with no living relation but an absurd old aunt who spoils me a thousand and fifty ways, absolutely destitute of everything but a million dollars and a hope in Paris. I, daring to love a god like him, my dear, if I had you here, I could tear your hair out with mortification. I am convinced that he is aware of my feeling. For he stayed but a few moments, said nothing but what another man might have said half as well, and pretending that he had an engagement, went away. I learned today, a little bird told me, the bell bird, that he went straight to bed. How does that strike you as evidence of exemplary habits? July seventeenth. That little wretch Raynor called yesterday, and his. Babel set me almost wild. He never runs down. That is to say, when he exterminates a score of reputations, more or less, he does not pause between one reputation and the next. By the way, he inquired about you, and his manifestations of interest in you had, I confess, a great deal of vraisemblance. Mr. Raynor observes no game laws like death which he would inflict if slander were fatal. He has all seasons for his own, but I like him, for we knew each other at Red Horse when we were young. He was known in those days as Giggles, and I, oh Irene, can you ever forgive me? I was called Gunny, God knows why, perhaps an allusion to the material of my pinafores, perhaps because the name is in alliteration with Giggles. Or Gigg and I were inseparable playmates, and the miners may have thought it a delicate civility to recognize some kind of relationship between us. Later we took in a third, another of adversity's brood, who, like Garrick, between tragedy and comedy, had a chronic inability to adjudicate the rival claims of frost and famine. Between him and Misery there was seldom anything more than a single suspender and the hope of a meal which would at the same time support life and make it insupportable. He literally picked up a precarious living for himself and an aged mother by chloriding the dumps. That is to say, the miners permitted him to search the heaps of waste rock for such pieces of pay ore as had been overlooked, and these he sacked up and sold at the syndicate mill became a member of our firm, Gunny, Giggles, and Dumps. thenceforth, through my favor, for I could not then, nor can I now, be indifferent to his courage and prowess in defending against Giggles the immemorial right of his sex to insult a strange and unprotected female, myself, after old Jim struck it in the calamity and I began to wear shoes and go to school and in emulation giggles took to washing his face and became Jack Raynor of Wells Fargo & Company, and old Mrs. Bart's was herself chlorided to her father's. Dumps drifted over to San Juan Smith and turned stage-driver, and was killed by road agents and so forth. Why do I tell you all this, dear? Because it is heavy on my heart. Because I walk the valley of humility because I am subduing myself to permanent consciousness of my unworthiness to unloose the latchet of Dr. Brett's shoe, because, oh dear, oh dear, there is a cousin of Dump's at this hotel. I haven't spoken to him. I never had much acquaintance with him. But do you suppose he has recognized me? Do, please give me in your next candid, sure enough opinion about it and say you don't think so do you suppose he knows about me already and that is why he left me last evening when he saw